Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to our community. Um, we come to you from the I've Decided Studios here in Peoria, Illinois, and our community is sponsored by I've Decided and the Greater Peoria Family YMCA, which I am employed. So um, today, my guest is Becky Rossman, who is the CEO with PCAB. Right. Which stands for Peoria Community Against Violence. That's right. So why don't you take a minute, introduce yourself and PCAB, because I'll bet there's some people out there that don't know what that is. Yeah, so we go by PCAV. It's mm -hmm. been around since 2014. It was part of the Don't Shoot initiative. It was eventually turned over into the community. Um, in 2021 was the first time we actually had paid employees. Wow. Um, sadly, was that you? me and then i got to hire um keith mcdaniel after he retired 28 okay. years in the police department okay. as our community outreach and we exceeded our outcomes so we were able to hire a crisis case manager nice so, so what, three staff though. three staff so zero to three staff um and mainly the services that we provide our our name is kind of um confusing because okay. it's against violence which right. makes you think of preventative right right now by nature some of the things that we do are an intervention and preventative in nature, but really we respond to the homicides. Really? So we work closely with the police department. We now have a nationally certified crisis response team mm -hmm. so to do that trauma informed care on scene. We show up with different comfort items and then we follow up with the families after. Um, our services are kind of speaking for themselves, which is exciting. 70% um, of our referrals come from the Peoria Police Department, but mm -hmm. we actually have 30% that come from community based organizations. Wow. So do you have a network of volunteers? We do. Beyond just your staff? Yeah. So What's our, that look like? Sorry. That's our okay. crisis response team is a very diverse um, group of individuals, and they all went through a 24-hour training okay. through NOVA. Okay. So they come out on the homicide scenes, and then they also go with us to community events. Mm -hmm. We like to support all the community partners and really you know, foster that environment um, of community and collaboration. Right. Cool. Well, you're doing some great work, well, right? And, and it's a team effort. There's a lot of people involved to yeah, get this off the ground. I know it is, and I know it is. And and you said it started with the Don't Shoot initiative, right? It's kind of how it all began. Yeah. Tell everybody what what's that about? What was the Don't Shoot initiative? Where did that come from, and how did it evolve into PCAB? Yeah. So the through the police department, the sheriff's department, mm -hmm. um, state's attorney, a group of community leaders got together to try to reduce the gun violence in Peoria. Mm -hmm because it's very high yep. and the PCAB part was it was the community piece right. so what it was was wrapping services around the people who needed them victims mm -hmm. and perpetrators of gun violence mm -hmm. so PCAB wasn't providing services at that time but they were um, kind of a caveat to work with all these community organizations that were providing services mm -hmm. so is it fair to say that PCAB is the resource that's providing support to those that are impacted through violence after the fact, yes. kind of after the fact, right? The crime happens, the police come in, deal with it, and then somebody needs to be there to help support those that were impacted by it, right? And is that what PCAP's doing? Yeah, so when we show up on homicide scenes, it's for the family, but also community members. We've had up to 100 people on site. Wow. It's a very um, emotionally charged time mm -hmm. for our community. So like I said, we bring water and chips, phone chargers, and really just talk to each person on scene, see how they're doing, yeah. if they need more resources, and then we do follow up with the families. Wow. And it's kind of 50-50 where we provide a lot of resources ourselves, but we also refer out yeah. for about 50%. Wow. 
So we're really... Um, so you're part of a network. You're connected. Yeah. That's cool. I think we probably have over 100 community partners. Some are individuals, um, nonprofits, and then businesses mm -hmm. as well. That's really cool. That's really cool. We appreciate the work that you're doing. And thanks for being here today. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity. I think you're the perfect guest for the subject matter of today's discussion, which is on the, the weekly winning word, which is supplement, right? And that's really what you're doing is what PCAV is doing is supplementing the needs of these people that are impacted by violence. Yes. In a, in a, in a really great way. So when, when the, when the, uh, I was looking or working with Kim on what are we going to do this month? What's the weekly winning word and all that. We do that all the time. And it's like the first person I thought of was Becky. We need to talk to Becky because of what she's doing with PCAB. So well, I appreciate thanks that. Thanks for saying yes. <laughs> so we're going to talk about supplement, right? And what it means through the lens of helping us be successful and how do we approach um, creating a, a successful um, lifestyle or a successful career path through the lens of supplement. What do we need to do with that word in order to impact us? So let's define it first. The definition for supplement is something that's added to complete or improve a thing, um, supply a deficiency or reinforce. And for those of you out there that read the weekly winning article this week that Kim wrote, she did a good job of kind of introducing it. We all think about supplements from the perspective of health and nutrition, right? There's all kinds of things that we can go out there and we can buy. We can add these nutritions to our body that we don't get enough of, and it helps us become healthy. But you know, for the purpose of this discussion and her article was, is what are you missing in your life, you know, that can help you become successful through whatever it is that you're trying to do, whether it's, you know, um, lose weight or just become a successful entrepreneur or whatever. There's things that we lack or we're deficient in, in order to um, achieve that success. And we're going to talk about um, five key supplements through that lens and i'm interested in your perspective as we as we get through that so um the five mental vitamins that's what it is five mental vitamins that help supplement our success are these they're authenticity they are boldness coaching decisiveness and enthusiasm so we're going to go through each one of them um, and just discuss those and hopefully we'll provide some good insight for the people that are out there um, viewing this podcast. So let's talk about authenticity. Um, and authenticity, you know, it, it's interesting to think about, but we're all unique individuals. We all bring a different skill set in some way to the table and everything that we do. Um, and it's important, I think, for us to realize that we are authentic right and i i struggled with this one when i was thinking about it because i don't think of myself that way as being unique or different other than i'm taller than most people that i walk into that are that i'm around or whatever but you're a great leader in our community though you know and that's due to being authentic well there's a lot of great leaders in our yes. community though and i don't know that i would frame it that way so i appreciate you saying that um but when you to look at yourself from that perspective of being authentic and what does that mean and how does it help you become successful i think is really interesting um, for me it's being genuine you okay. know people thought i might have a hard time in this position with the families yeah because my background didn't involve gun violence but you know i've gotten invited to um an all-black event in chicago baby yeah. showers and i think when you're just truly yourself yeah. people realize that and they yeah. gravitate you know to someone who who truly cares yeah 
And that's my perspective on being authentic. But I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think that's good. I think people, I do think people respond well to it when they when they believe that it's authentic, right? Because it's it's genuine. They know that they can, there's trust that's involved with that and all those things. So I appreciate you framing it that way because I do think that it's important. Um, but I also think it's hard to be authentic, right? And to look at yourself that way and to do it, to do it that way um, because you're not necessarily going to be accepted by everyone when you're authentic, right? Because a lot of people, I'm going to be careful, you know, with the words that I'm going to use, but a lot of people are fake and that's just the reality of it out there. And when you're authentic and you're taking risk and you're being yourself, you, that's not necessarily well received by everyone. So I think it can be really hard to be that way. It can be, you know, once I hit 40, I think I truly embraced it. Like mm -hmm. I always have a little bit, but once I got over the fact of not really caring if people like me, you know, when I, I really just felt called kind of, kind of from a faith perspective to come to this job. Yeah. And my good friend, Roberta English, she sent something to me and, and Matt George recently about, you know, it wasn't a conference call. No one else has to understand why you're called to this. Right. True. But I think it's, it's so freeing when you don't yeah. worry about what other people think. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter, you know, what other people think about my decisions, right. you know? No, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I just think a lot of people struggle with it because it's, it's not necessarily normal or popular for, for it's not or popular, popular to be that way. I think that's a better way to, to frame it. Actually. It's not always the popular response or the popular take. Well, thank you. I think that that, that that's a good perspective and a way to look at it. The second vitamin is boldness, right? And this is where I connected you to this, this, this whole discussion, because I think that the change that you made to, to switch, you're, you were in a career, a, a well-established career, right? You were the CEO for Neighborhood House, doing great work and did some amazing things at a very difficult time when COVID had hit and yeah. cha basically changed your entire business model. And then you say, you know what? I'm going to go do this PCAP thing. And from my perspective, looking at that, it was like, holy cow, that's, that's a huge change. And there's obviously risk involved in that because it's never been funded before, right? It's brand new. Although it's doing great work and yeah. I'm not surprised that you're successful in it, but that had to be a difficult process for you to step up and just make that decision. And it was a very bold decision for you to make. So can you talk a little bit about a, the process that you went through in order to, you know, come to that decision? Sure. So Neighborhood House was in a great, great position, very successful organization. Mm -hmm. The hardest part was I, and I still love Neighborhood House and all the staff there, yeah. and the volunteers, they do great work. And coming off of COVID, we had um, reached, we had broken records for fundraising without having fundraisers. Right. As you said, we, we pivoted, changed our business model and served more people than ever. Mm -hmm. So definitely a successful organization. And when I came to Peoria Community Against Violence, they had $1,381 in the bank. I couldn't get paid for the first two months, <laughs> wow. but I just knew this is where I needed to be. Um, and some of it was legitimizing the business. And we actually just um, are extending our grant for 18 months for 525,000. Wow. So I knew I had the skill set. Um, Neighborhood House was the second organization I was the CEO. So I just needed mm -hmm. to apply those principles right. um, to PCAB. But 
I was just called to this mission. Um, I saw how gun violence affected, you know, the children mm. in neighborhood house. Right. Nearly every one of them had lost at least one family member to gun violence. Wow. Um, and then for PCAV, I think it was in 2016, I spoke at a vigil because one of my Meals on Wheels drivers was murdered. Mm. So PCAV kept coming across um, my, my vision for right. a while. Right. And they were just kind of a um, great organization with a good board that was really... Um, dedicated and passionate about the mission but they needed some help getting to the next level right. and one of the things that was really surprising so i also mentored a lot in the community and i had so many young men especially on the south end who would drop out of high school and they refused to make plans for the future and they would when i would ask him about it they'd say well we don't expect to live past the age of 25 wow. which in my world i couldn't even fathom no. now my first day at PCAV, we had three people shot Last year in 2021, 143 um, community members were shot. Mm -hmm. And what I found out was that the leading cause of death for African-American males aged 16 to 24 is homicide. Yeah. So now I have a better understanding of that tragic loss of hope. And it's those things that drew me to the mission and really wanted, I really wanted to make a difference. Yeah. You know, And it's not just me. It's pulling in all these other oh. organizations because we're only one little slice of the pie. Mm -hmm. We definitely do, going back to the supplement, no one was really in this space where they were providing comprehensive resources. Like, we get calls on late Sunday evening to relocate a family whose house got shot up. No one else in the community is doing that. No. Um, and then referring out to all the organizations that can just wrap around them as well. But we've helped 15 families um, move to safer, safer locations in the community by doing rents. We refer to counseling. Mm -hmm. We discuss a lot of burial services. Right. You know, but just really trying to um, make sure that our clients, these families know where the resources are and they're able to access them because right. there's a lot of barriers to right. even a, a community like ours that is so resource rich. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know how to get to the resources. Right. So for you, you know, when I hear you talk about it, it was a bold decision for you to make, but you, you had a relationship, you had an understanding, it sounded like, right? And you knew that there was a need. Right. So yeah. that propelled you to, you know, be courageous and just say, you know what, I'm going to do this because I can make a difference. Yes. Right. That's pretty cool. Good for you and good for our community, because from what I hear, it's working. Right. The, the trend is very positive in the decline of of um, violence. And, and I know that there's a, some good impacts from the police department being involved yes. in that. And that takes a team effort. So. I would say your work is successful to this point, right? And I'm sure it will be moving forward. Well, for me, just meeting all these families, they are so resilient with, I can't imagine losing the child, losing a child. Mm -hmm. Some of my parents have lost two, wow. um, but just under, you know, insurmountable odds, you know, they just keep moving along. And like I said, and then a lot of them help me give back to other families in the community. So wow. that's awesome. So the third the mental vitamin is coaching, right? And I know you're involved a lot in coaching um, and you've received a lot of coaching over the yes. years too. I've heard you talk about that a lot, but you know, let's talk a little bit about the importance of, of taking some time to invest in coaching as an, as a vitamin for all of us to become better. Um, when we, we lean into others, it's only going to help us become better. Right. So talk a little bit about your experiences and 
how you've utilized coaching either on the giving end or the receiving end to propel you forward in your career? So I'm very self-aware of where my weaknesses may be. Okay. Um, when I got to Neighborhood House, I befriended Matt George, who became a mentor because he was just, you know, doing a great job of fundraising, right? Yeah. And we went from, and this was a group effort, but we went from one event at $25,000 to three events at $250,000. Uh-huh. But really, when I see that there's an area of expertise I need, and one of the things I coach on is board development. You have uh-huh. to have the right people in the right positions. Right. Absolutely. So knowing where I'm at, um, that's kind of how we've extended our board at for a community against violence, PCAV, and also neighborhood house. Like mm-hmm. I know where my strengths and weaknesses lie and I make sure that I stack myself, whether it's with employees or with right. board members or mentors, but I can't say enough about, you know, having that coaching aspect in your life. You know, we all need it. Right. right. But I think you said something that's really important is it's understanding, um, you know, where your weakness is, right. And then seeking out the coaching that's going to help, help strengthen that. Yes. Right. And I think there's so there's a self-awareness that has to be be a part of that process, I think, of understanding, oh, I'm not a great fundraiser. I need to go seek out some guidance from some successful fundraisers or whatever it is that you're trying to do is understanding where those gaps are. Yeah. And going from neighborhood house where I had a staff of depending on the season, anywhere from 55 to 85. Right. And now we're wearing many hats and it's been a long time, long time since I've done financials. So, you know, I just met a recent board member, um, Heather Longfellow. I'm mm. like, I'll buy you some wine, but I need a little tutorial on QuickBooks <laughs> and how I'm batching these things. Right? right. But you need people who have all these different areas of expertise. Mm-hmm. And lean on them, right? Seek them out, lean on them and continue to engage with them. Right. It's not a one time deal either. Right. It's no. usually a, lo- a long time commitment, if not a lifetime commitment of engaging with those people. Um, but I, I, it's obviously critical. And I think you can't say enough about the value and the importance of having coaches or mentors or those people that you lean on. And sometimes, sometimes it's even just to have somebody to listen, right? To speak to, they don't, a good coach doesn't necessarily have to always tell you what to do, right? They're just, they listen, right? And help you, um, you know, express yourselves and maybe come to a realization on your own, yes. some challenges that you're working through. You know, one of the things we use a lot, especially with our crisis response team, are cultural brokers. So making sure that we are being respectful of people's religions and oh, cultures yeah. and races. Yeah. Um, and that's been really helpful. You know, I've learned a lot in that capacity as well. But I think sometimes, especially people in our positions and CEOs, they're a little hesitant to ask for help because sometimes people don't want to admit that they have these gaps, but I'm fine with, you know, when we talk about authenticity, but also about being self-aware, like here's what I don't know. I'm going to need some help. Right. Well, and I think when you, from, you know, just from the, from that perspective, when you're a leader who admits that they don't have all the answers and you can lean on your staff or your volunteers for support, that that just builds a great culture. Because if it's all top down, People don't want to be a part of that for very long, right? You have to be able to. And if you expect your staff or the people that you're working with to do the same thing, you have to model that. Yeah, you need, I think that's you need really that buy Yeah, absolutely. You know, during COVID, I, and I told my board I was doing this, I would bring in a beer for all my management staff. And we'd sit six feet apart down this really long hallway and we would talk <laughs> about how are we going to get through tomorrow? Because it was really a day-by-day thing, yeah. right? We lost so many people, so many Meals on Wheels drivers expanded by 
50 percent mm-hmm. management was driving so we're like how are we gonna tackle tomorrow yeah and then once we you know every yeah. day they have to lighten the mood a little bit sometimes right and make people know that you're 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 real you're human too so the fourth the fourth vitamin then is decisiveness um and i think i think a lot of people just struggle struggle with being decisive it's hard to make decisions it's hard sometimes to make decisions right but the more control you have over that and the more ability that you have to say you know what I've got all the information I need. Here's the decision we're going to make. And you know what? It may not always be the right decision either. And you can't be afraid to fail, right? Exactly. I'm like, I agree with the decisiveness. You just got to implement. And Mm -hmm. I'm someone who does a lot of research. I mean, it was a very unpopular thing to close um, neighborhood houses, childcare. Mm. We were the first one since 1904, I believe. But, you know, I did some research. I talked to my friend Jeff Grass at Crittenton, and we talked about we have a lower birth rate. And where mm-hmm. neighborhood house used to be the only one in that zip code providing those services, now there's seven. Right. And we were looking at a hundred thousand dollar loss for thirty kids. So sometimes you have to make those really hard business decisions, which was hard. Right. I made the recommendation. You know, of course the board approved it, and this was after a few years of losing some revenue, mm-hmm. but it wasn't going to be to that extent. Right. But I was the one who, on the last day, I'm crying. You know, because I love the teachers, yeah, and we made sure that we gave them enough time where they could all jump to a new job. And we worked with Jeff and other providers to open doors for yeah. them. But sometimes you got to, you know, especially in our positions, you got to be passionate about the mission, but you can't make decisions emotional. Mm-mm. No, yeah, you have to be educated as best you can. Yeah. Right. You gotta you gotta be able to 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 pull the trigger, make the decision, and then you have to, like you said accept failure it's going to happen sometimes but we talk about this a lot on this podcast it comes up a lot and i don't know why but it failure is not a negative thing right failure can be a positive as long as you respond to it in the right way right you learn what do you learn from it and how do you use that information to make yourself successful that's the bottom line i talk to my kids about it all the time right and for me it's always through the sports lens because we're doing that a lot with my family and you know it's okay the greatest professional sports players in the world fail half the time or greater depending on the sport that they're playing right so it's not about failure it's about the response well, like michael jordan and that's a yeah i had my office you know he's taken nine thousand shots and mm-hmm. i think 26 times he was trusted to take the game winning shot and missed yeah or he's missed over nine thousand shots in his career right. but and cut from his high school basketball team right, right? the story goes on and on and on but that's he... why he succeeds right because he didn't let that define him so the, the last piece is enthusiasm. You have no problem with this. I know because I've seen you in operation, but it's it's so important to be enthusiastic, right? As you're going through the process, even when things aren't going well, you've got to be able to rise above those negative feelings and just be enthusiastic because I think enthusiastic breeds um, confidence in those around you. It yes. helps lift others up, bring them along through the process. Um, so I think it's a critically important component. Oh, I think so too. And one of my mentors told me, you know, when you walk in, you know, you have two eyes to look at all your staff. We have all these eyes looking back at you. So you need to maintain this level of positivity. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really helped. I mean, during COVID, I got my staff to make TikTok videos and I know half of them thought I was just crazy, but I'm like, we're going to have some fun. Like (laughs) (laughs) we need to get through this. We need to make sure that, you know, and, and that actually went over really well too. We raised some money. So yeah. Yeah, it's cool stuff. So it's critically important. So to recap, um, the five mental vitamins to supplement success are authenticity, right? We have to have boldness. We've got to seek out coaching. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
can't be afraid to make decisions, right? We have to be decisive and then be enthusiastic to the best of your ability and help build others up through that process. And I think the enthusiasm also helps propel us forward, right? It creates this culture of fun, excitement, and we can build off of that and move forward. Well, speaking so. of coaching, we I want to give a shout out to our friend Kim Martin, who's yeah. having an event on June 16th from 830 to 10. Oh, yeah. You know, this has been a topic of conversation that I've been having with a lot of CEOs in town. People are losing staff and they could definitely use some coaching on how to maintain, retain their staff. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Good job. So before we wrap up, anything going on with PCAV that you want to share with our community, right? And let them know opportunities to help support what's going on in your world. Yeah, so on May 28th, we are selling tickets to the Chiefs game, and we'll be selling some balls. So just community awareness, try to get some of the families we work with out to the Chiefs stadium. Many have never been. Yeah. And then in June, um, look for a flyer on our website and our Facebook page. But the firemen, the firefighters Local 50, are doing an event called Fire on the Water, and they're donating the proceeds to PCAV. So. We're really excited. So did you say the Chiefs game is May 28th? May 28th. And that's an evening? Yes, Saturday evening. So that's great. Because at the Y on May 28th, in the afternoon, we have an event. So you can come to the Y in the afternoon, then you can go to the Chiefs game for PCAV. And so our summer kickoff event is Saturday, May 28th. It's what the day our pool opens. The only one of the very few outdoor pools in our community. Um... And we're making it available to everybody to come and participate. We have a ton of activities planned outdoors because we have 60 acres at the Y. Nice. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. And we have a lot of two miles of walking trails through the woods. And we have a disc golf course on our property now. And we have a lot of activities outside. People can come and participate in that. If they want to swim, they can. We're going to discount the rate 50% for families to come and participate and there will be a cap on how much they have to pay if they have 10 people in your family you don't have to pay for each every individual there'll oh, be a nice. cap on the rate and all those proceeds are going to go to support our annual support campaign which we use to fund scholarships and community outreach programs at the y. So well, come to the y events. on the 28th in the afternoon and then you go to the chiefs game and enjoy baseball i can't think and of a better day of swimming than baseball right <laughs> yeah it's memorial day weekend it's in, it's america baseball's important right yeah cool. well thank you for taking the time come and visit with us today and talk about the word supplement here with us. We greatly appreciate it. And we appreciate all that you do in our community. Well, thank you so much, Andy. I I enjoy being here and catching up with you and Kim always. That's good. Well, thank you for joining us again this week. Um, And we look forward to seeing you next month on our community.